got to make them understand. You can't even bribe them. The only thing they care about is... Hold to open. Yes, and what do you do? You're the expert. What do you think? I've no idea. This is my first time in the zone. It's crude stuff, probably organic. Think you can synthesize it? I might even improve on it. Follow me. Here comes the drums! So here it comes, the sound of drums. Here come the drums, here come the drums. Hello and welcome to Pull to Open, a Doctor Who podcast where we go through the entire show in random order. My name is Chris Taylor. And my name is Pete Paschal. And Chris and I are both writers, fans, and journalists. We've always been addicted to Doctor Who and we occasionally write about it. Yep. Uh, but we always also have things to say about it, which is what we like to do on this podcast, and we, we do it here in random order. We do like to talk. <laughs> we like to talk in random order. We should really just do all the segments of the podcast in random order. Like, uh, let's let's start off with the Clara Splinter, and we'll just you know let, let, let the listeners figure it out. We 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 like it timey wimey here in Doctor Who fandom. Anyway, the the timey wimeyness <laughs> of our journey has been has been pretty wibbly wobbly. And uh, recently in our wibbles and wobbles, we we were at, uh, let's take it in order of the, the last three, we were at State of Decay, uh, Tom Baker looking like a vampire amidst other vampires. <laughs> uh, we then went to Attack of the Cybermen, uh, Colin Baker being mean in general and uh, Cybermen uh, also being mean <laughs> and converting people. I meanness. And then, and then, super meanie Davros entered the picture last time in Genesis of the Daleks, um, and created some super scary travel machines. And now we have arrived. <laughs> we left. <laughs> we left Scaro, uh, not via the TARDIS, and we have arrived in the TARDIS and on a random spaceship. We have arrived at Terminus. <laughs> Which uh, ruins our Baker to Baker to Baker street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We <laughs> had Davidson. But, well, it's like I, I don't know if you have this game where, like, you know, piggy in the middle, you just kind of throw a ball over someone's head, and that's basically <laughs> what's been happening. The randomizer's been passing the ball back between the bakers. Finally, Davison jumped up and caught it, and took us to one of the most forgettable Davison stories, I think. And it's like literally forgettable. It, it's it's like you know sometimes. Doctor Who is so bad it's good and it, it sticks in your brain. This right. I don't know if you've watched the the after party on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I have not. I highly recommended it. Uh, recommend it if you haven't. It's very much like Knives Out, uh, but like an Apple TV Plus series. You know, it's well, uh, everyone at a party and someone's killed someone, right? But uh, putting it on my list now. Yeah, please do. And there's a character yeah. named Waltz, and the whole joke with Waltz is you don't remember he nobody remembers him from high school like he he's he, you know he's not he hmm. keeps trying to do things to be memorable and nobody can, literally nobody can remember his name that is my feeling about terminus and that is why <laughs> i kept thinking throughout the week of the story that we needed to watch and i kept thinking it was frontios <laughs> like literally and they're both yeah, one word i literally just yeah. kept getting his name wrong like that's that's how 
how sort of non-essential uh, this is. But we're That's like have... the lazy, the lazy <laughs> Doctor Who titling is like, where is this episode again? Terminus. Yes. Oh, okay, just call it that. Yeah. Yet... Oh, okay, just call it that. <laughs> and yet, out of nowhere, the beginning and the end of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. It's so funny. It should be super momentous. And now, honestly, that that's like the one thing I really remembered about this uh, story was that it it explains like the Big Bang. Yes. But other than that, I kind of went back in and now I don't ever have to do that again. Yeah. The, the headline for this is Big Bang Theory. And then the subhead is uh, Sarah Sutton and a Slip. Um, <laughs> well, there's that. That's the other one, right? The other thing. But yes. anyway, we're going we're to get before, to all of it in a bit. Before we're we get, get to that. To, We'll get back to season 20 in a second, folks. But uh, before that, a little business to take care of, which is one, hey, we love reviews because we're a podcast. This is a podcast and reviews are the fuel of podcasts, just like something you would jettison into a void and ignite to create create an entire, you know, space-time continuum. Reviews do that for us. So please go ahead right now, just as I've... uh, uh, subscribe to the show you talked about, Chris, uh, yep. while you were talking. You can do it nice. while we're talking. You can actually review the podcast. Well, whether you pause the playback or not, just open it up, hit that stars. Yeah. The five stars are always good, but you know, honestly, leave whatever you want. Leave uh, a few words; it'd be really great. And yeah, uh, listen, folks, we we know that. we know you love to multitask. You're a, you're a 21st century person. Everyone loves to multitask. We're giving you something to do while you do the podcast. Hell, you're probably listening to the podcast while watching Legend of the Sea Devils. Um, <laughs> I great. know that you can do this. You're probably watching it like for the 57th time, um, and uh, simultaneously yeah. listening to the podcast. We like the commentary on something else to activate another part of your brain. So yeah, just leave us a review. And I understand that we have new reviews. People you have do? been uh, listening and enjoying. We've got a couple of, we've got a few reviews that came in in the last little while. So we haven't taped in a bit. It's been about two weeks. Mm. Um, we had our special episode last week with uh, just checking out the codex and see how much good Doctor Who we've actually done. And yes. There's, <laughs> the there's special episode, a.k.a. Okay, Chris worries yeah. about having watched too much good <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> tells well, you a lot about my personality. Well, most, uh, most folks believe we have plenty left, but um, there's plenty of pull to open if you're a new uh, fan as well. And uh, like some of these folks who have left reviews, they have they've gone on binging it. So the first review is some, from a a uh, listener in Canada, and it just says just finished binging. It's five stars. It says it's very fun to listen to the episodes and learn about old Who, which I've never really bothered to watch before, and I can't wait to see what the first last episode will be like. Cool. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what they mean by the first last episode. First last episode. Okay. <laughs> I, I also can't wait to see what the first last episode will be like. Wait, wait, wait. Does he mean like a, a what was it? Was a it regeneration a, a episode? Maybe. No, no, no. The last of McCoy before it went off the app. Oh, survival. Yeah, that survival. was survival. Yeah. yeah. I, I well, also can't wait to see that because i haven't seen that so i i think that's part of the enjoyment of uh, us taking these new who fans through old who is for me it's like I, I realize i've become at heart a new who fan i've watched everything of the new show mm-hmm. and the amount because of the lack of repeats on british television the amount of the old show i've watched compared to you is poultry so it's it's like i'm educating myself as we go through um so it's i think that that connects with a lot of listeners who are also new to classic who 
It's definitely different lenses. I, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen a lot of these classic episodes in a while. Um, I, I did watch pretty much all of them when mm-hmm. I was in junior high and binge watched them even again with my VCR. But I got to say, the lens is different now. And we'll, we'll get into it in a few minutes. And holy cow, was it good for this one? But yep. first, a couple more reviews. Okay, one of my, here's another one. That's from a guy named Jason, uh, I believe it's Witte? Witte? Sorry if I'm uh, scrambling that, Jason. Uh, and it's from the USA. And it's one of my favorite Who casts five stars. It's fun listening to these guys go deep dives into episodes of Doctor Who in random order. A fun mix of genuine conversation and goofiness. Yes. Whoa. Yes, it is. Exactly that. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> what we go for. That's right at the top of our show notes here. Remember, yeah. fun conversation and goofiness. As long as it's not goofy conversation and genuineness, uh, you know, occasionally genuine we might goodness. do opposite day and do that. But hey, this is, that's what, he bullseye, it's, my friend, bullseye. It's all genuine. We're doing it live. All right, what's, what's the third review? Third review uh, follows a little bit in the same spirit as the first one. So it's uh, Pie Adventure. Love it. Love that handle. Pie Adventure from the USA. Great show. Five stars. This is an amazing show. I've been listening to the older episodes and watching episodes they review next before listening. And this show is the whole reason I got a BritBox subscription to watch Whoa. the classic series. And I, it has given me a whole new appreciation for not only the classic run, but the modern one as well. Booyah! Thank you, High yes. Adventure. And wow. Another listening, BritBox. Another BritBox <laughs> subscription. I think that's, this has been mentioned before in reviews that you know, this is the only way you can watch classic who is BritBox. So we're giving BritBox free advertising. So I'm going to continue to uh, say sort of slightly mean things about the BritBox watching experience and various <laughs> problems that I've run into watching it. I did have to quit the app several times during the watching of Terminus. Just saying, just saying. Totally. But if BritBox were to sponsor the show, I'd really have only nice things to say. I think uh, everyone would have nice things to say. BritBox, it's a great place to see the show. Obviously, the whole classic series is there. And, uh, you know, they're not paying us at all, but feel free. Go ahead. Go subscribe. It's it's kind of a deal. Um, All right. Okay. Well, (laughs) speaking of reviews, we we got a review for the previous episode that we were stumped by. As you may remember, we have been asking you for emoji to provide us with emoji summaries of every story mm-hmm. in Doctor Who history and make us guess what story you're summarizing. And we will also add that into our codex, into our spreadsheet of the, the stories that we're visiting. So your your emoji will reign immortal like the three who rule from stage mm-hmm. to game. Uh, but there were those one emoji brain teaser that, that had us stumped. It was, if I remember correctly, a tooth, mm-hmm. a glass of whiskey, Right. And what was the third thing? A piano. A piano. Yes. That's what mm-hmm. confused. Like the glass of whiskey made me go to, um, you know, twice upon a time. The piano made me go to Missy in the vault and that whole mm. season. <laughs> Typical of the, the show and the randomizer. It, it, I went to Capaldi references. Well, but, I, I fixated on the tooth because I was like yeah. tooth and claw. How is this tooth, tooth and, and claw? claw. It can't yeah. be tooth and claw. And it's not. So uh, the person who left the review actually got in touch. It's a gentleman named Bob Gilby. And hi, Bob. His, hi, Bob. And his uh, handle was subtitles2. And okay, so apparently the tooth, whiskey tumbler, and piano are all references to, wait for it, the gunfighters. Oh, okay. Yes, toothache. 
Yeah, do you I'm remember not, this one? Have you ever I'm seen not it? even. I've never seen the Gunfighters, but yeah. I I know it by reputation. Uh, it was for many years reputed to be the worst story in Doctor Who history. <laughs> well, we've got so, a contender uh, here for that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, we're we're going to match them up sooner or later. We'll we'll do a special episode one time on what we consider the most laughable uh, bad episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, but yeah, that, that is William Hartnell gets a toothache. Yes, yeah, gets a toothache. There's some teeth pulling, as I recall. So the te- the tooth is a big part of that one. And there's um, a piano, yes. Well, and it's, okay. it's the, the tune, right? And it's like the saloon piano mm-hmm. uh, tune that 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 they have throughout. And you know, the whiskey tumbler. I mean, you know, it's it's the old west. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. I love that brain teaser. Uh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, subtitles too, for creating the teaser for us. Please, everyone, uh, send in your own. See yeah. if you, if like Bob, you can stump us. Uh, it's honestly not that hard. And and we'll add these to the codex. We haven't done yep. it yet, but do all the ones we've gotten so far, we, we're going to add them to the codex. And as they come yeah. in, and we'll even put in alternates if you want to do yeah. different takes on the ones we've already done. Uh, but it's a super fun thing. Show notes, yeah, yeah. So uh, we we still have the prize. Uh, I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've been falling down on asking you questions about the prize. We will send the prize to one of our first fifty reviewers. Uh, d- uh, let me see. Uh, uh, animal, vegetable, or mineral? I haven't asked that question yet. <laughs> uh, I guess it's uh, mineral. Uh, <laughs> I mean, minerals. I, I don't mean like literally what it's made of. I mean the right. thing that it represents. Um. Yeah. Let's let's go with mineral anyway. I okay. just. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm I'm going to continue the twenty questions uh, in future podcasts. We'll we'll get there once we get to fifty reviews. You will reveal what it actually is. Indeed. And meanwhile, on big news on TikTok, we are we are well on the way to 10k. Where, where are we? Uh, yeah, we're we're like the virality continues. Um, we've been fueled a bit by a couple of like classic monster episodes. So, Attack of yeah. the Cybermen, Genesis of the Daleks, both very popular, and we had a lot of good clips from those. Um, and we've blown past six thousand followers. We're at about sixty one hundred now. Yes, and uh, we're still looking to get to 10k. And if we get to 10k, it's it's actually notoriously difficult to send prizes to anyone uh, via TikTok. <laughs> via <we> TikTok. <laughs> but we'll do something special. We'll do something special specifically and exclusively for the TikTok audience once we hit 10,000. So okay, we, we um, could do a, We could do a TikTok dance now that we're on YouTube as well. We can. We can throw in some visual elements. So yeah, I got some ideas. We'll have some fun. We'll do some <laughs> some cool edits. All right. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll probably get there pretty soon. So we better start planning because <laughs> okay. uh, it's been we got about about a thousand in just a couple of weeks. So mm. uh, by summer we might be at the ten k mark. And so keep keep on sharing, guys. We'd we'd love to get more special content for y'all. Yeah, so one of the other things talking about Genesis of the Daleks a lot mm-hmm. on, on TikTok. Yeah, there's a lot of reverence. For it, I mean, uh, expectedly so. We we obviously it's it's rightfully considered a classic. We talked a lot about it. Uh, people love to sort of chime in about all the theories that sort of came out of it, as well as all just the the great um, sort of narrative structure there and all the cool things Terry Nation slipped into it. And within this, we also have our TikTok comment of the week. Yes. So it's uh, from someone named Slats Twenty Two, and it goes. Here's how it goes. Always my doctor, my first, always. Tom mm. Baker really broke the ice here in America. Public TV hid some of the John Pertwee apps, but Baker, I think it was a ran some of the, so I don't know, not sure if that's the right, <laughs> hid some of the John Pertwee he apps. Hid them. Baker. He had them, yes. 
<laughs> you have to go watch them in a special room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I wanted to get this comment out there just because yeah. I, I think we talk a lot about Baker and we talk a lot about the other doctors, but really, like, you can't overstate how important Tom Baker was to Doctor Who just generally and just it being like the franchise it is today. And that appreciation it, really, yeah. really, I mean, it's, it's not talked about enough within and New Who. Yeah, we, we sort of right. think it's like, you know, David Tennant kind of broke the mold in America. Like he was the 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 Beatles coming to America and then Matt right. Smith even more Ten, so. Tennant Smith, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but it wasn't, it was really, Tom Baker was kind of a mini phenomenon here. And I, I didn't discover this until many years later. And it's so weird. It's so weird. So Tom Baker is such an intimate part of my childhood. And I think the same as a lot of, uh, you know, British children of a certain age. You, you know, you hit behind the sofa, Tom Baker episodes. It was just, he was, he was beloved. He was, he was our Pied Piper. And to, to then come to America and find out that many people here had that experience and grew up with mm-hmm. them. It was so wild. It kind of reminds me of my, my dad grew up in Liverpool. He was a contemporary of the Beatles. And, you know, the Beatles were like the biggest band in Liverpool. And then to suddenly find out that, wait, what, now the the biggest band in the world? Uh, that's, it's sort of, <laughs> that's how I feel about Tom Baker. Like he, he, he somehow managed to penetrate American geek culture in, in that costume. And like the first time you see it on The Simpsons, you, you, you understand, oh, like this, this is Doctor Who to Americans. Yeah, not uh, even not even just geek culture. I would say. Yeah. I mean, whenever I was tell people what my favorite show was when I was like in junior high or, or mm-hmm. high school, and I would say Doctor Who, and they, they, you know, it wasn't really a phenomenon, so people would have to sort of mm-hmm. think about it. What is it? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, that guy with the scarf mm-hmm. who travels around in space, and like, oh yeah, you know, like that was like, like I've I've at least heard of that, I've, or it's yeah. been on PBS once when I was, you know, you, I don't know if people flipped in those days, but. They would they would have encountered Doctor Who in some form, and it was always the Tom Baker Doctor that you could count on if they knew it at all. That's who they knew. Yes, just um, by sheer numbers of stories, he's yeah. he's just most likely to be on screen. Well, also most likely if you encountered it, and for whatever reason were there more than thirty seconds, yeah. you're kind of intrigued and kind of like, oh yeah, this is this guy's entertaining. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. stick around for twenty five minutes. Who who wouldn't with with that voice with the eyes with everything? It just Tom Baker is so eminently watchable that you just like literally anything else that he's in. I w- I would watch the uh, poorly regarded uh, Hound of the Baskervilles that where he played Joe. Oh yes, just, yeah. Just to see him in that, you know, it's, or Nicholas uh, and Alexandra. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or the the movie where he's R- Rasputin. Yeah, um, mm. yeah. So yeah. it's 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 great to bring more Baker appreciation. We we did spend a lot of our special episode wondering if we burned through too much of the good Baker, but I don't care. I, I want to see the bad Baker. I, I want to <laughs> see all the Bakers. I, I want to complete my my Tom Baker collection. That's that's a big thing driving me forward in this random quest. Nice. Well, we'll get there. Well, and thank you, Slats22, for that comment and reminding us mm. just how important Tom Baker is to Doctor Who and the whole Who mythos. Um, Speaking so, of the Who mythos, is expanding by one right now as we speak. That's true. <laughs> Legend of the Sea Devils is screening today. It's, it's screening in about 40 minutes here, yeah. uh, where I am anyway. I know that the BBC America is going to simulcast it with the uh the british uh broadcast now we're actually so dedicated to this podcast guys i want to tell you we're actually going to miss the simulcast (laughs) which i was actually planning to do anyway because i want to watch it with my family but well i'm going to watch it a little later at the 8 p.m rebroadcast so that just means i got to be completely off the internet for the rest of this afternoon yep Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. don't even do it. Uh, we, yeah, we we are avoiding uh, story number 300 in the Codex as it pops into existence in order to go to story number 125. Exactly. As, as <laughs> Not so many. Through. Like, this, this is the most Hoovian nerd thing I think I've ever done. Is watch Terminus instead of uh, Legend of the Sea Devils. Well, uh, yeah, before focused on Terminus, talked about Terminus because Terminus doesn't get a lot of discussion. It as, doesn't, but it will get it today <laughs> of all days on Easter Sunday. Terminus <laughs> takes center stage. Finally, we swear fealty to the randomizer. We don't care what's going on in the real world. The randomizer is what is what was, really is happening. It just recently struck me again that like the, the the whole thing about the randomizers it kind of reduced my overall level of Doctor Who watching. Like I'm not just uh, think thinking of random stories yeah. and going there. I my filter is the random. It it completely decides what I'm watching any given week. And even though my heart may sink when we go somewhere like Terminus, it's like <laughs> that's fine. I you know it feels like we're yeah. watching it serially even though we were doing the exact opposite. It feels like we are just watching a show that was chopped up and out of order. Um, the randomizer works in mysterious ways. It knows it best, though. It does. So before we get into discussing Terminus, it's time for that part of the show. It is, isn't and it? And I know you love this, Pete, because it is your turn. <laughs> uh, it is your turn at the, at the helm of TLDW. And can I just say, I st- the, the shame still burns deep in my bones like radiation poisoning like like i'm a laser or laser or whatever they were called we'll get into it but i i feel irredeemably poisoned <laughs> lasers lepers lasers whatever they're called uh by by my inability to summarize genesis of the daleks in three minutes it's still like you know we, we need a good narrative arc for pull to open is is my like this is going to cause my fear in every future DLDW. Well, as disasters go, I might give you a run for your money just because <laughs> the way I watched this one was so disjointed. I watched like an episode of a half like well over a week mm. ago and they were on my iPhone and then the rest I sort of did on BritBox last night and I kind of just kind of forgot a bunch of things and had to sort of go back and I was reading a plot summary like a few hours ago just to make sure I had it all together. And I kind of fell asleep during doing that. Like I was just like, okay, I've now just, I've given up on like trying to figure it out and I'm just going to try to tell you what I remember. It's, it's, it's so good to hear that you were watching it a lot of it on your iPhone, which is sort of like, that's code for I was doing something else important at the time, right? <laughs> you just, sort of, yeah, just prop the iPhone up there and I'll get on with, with chopping the vegetables because that's exactly what I was doing. I watched it while cooking because I'm like, well, oh, at wow. least I... Something know. was cooking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Something's cooking and it's the Big Bang. Um, and yeah, but you, it's it's one of those, you know, very eminently second screenable stories yeah. because... So much is not happening, but that should make your job easy. And uh, here's well, how we do. Here's how we do TLDW. We do. We give thirty seconds for every episode of the classic show. Uh, this is a four-parter. Therefore, you get two minutes to describe. To summarize terminus. Okay. Summarize terminus. So, good luck as I pull my Sorry. stopwatch get, out. Getting rid of all my windows. Now yep. just a blank desktop. Okay. That's right. This is how we do it. The the, the lights dim. 
And uh, the, the studio goes quiet as we ask the contestant, Pete Michelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Please give me a countdown. All right. In three, two, one, go. Okay, uh, Turlo's on the TARDIS and the Black Guardian's telling him that he still has to kill the Doctor, so he messes with the the TARDIS circuitry and uh, it's, he tries to pull the space-time element out of the console, but that causes the TARDIS to break up. He doesn't fully do it, uh, but that what it does is like as an emergency thing, the TARDIS locks onto a, a space vessel and uh, the Doctor tells Nissa to walk through a door that just appears in her room so that she can survive. It turns out the door goes to this ship that is uh, transporting a bunch of sort of space lepers called Lazars to a place that's supposedly going to cure them. And they don't, they figure this out as they sort of wander this ship. So everyone, the Dr. Tegan and Turlo all go in uh, different times and they get separated. But it turns out this ship is going to this other place called Terminus, which is the place where that's supposed to cure all these uh, people who are, uh, have this disease now that uh, on the way there that gets hijacked not really hijacked but these pirates go in and they think it's uh, a rich space vessel with uh, stuff they could steal but then they don't even realize they don't realize oh it's a bunch of diseased people and they think they're all doomed and they get to the terminus and so terminus uh, actually is this weird ass place that just is this happens to be in the center of the universe and that's because eons ago that ejected some fuel uh, into a void because it's a time traveling ship and it blew up and caused the big bang and now it's billions of years in the future and there's all these weird slave guys who have a weird bone armor or muscle armor and they're kind of running the place and trying seconds. to cure these uh, lepers uh, but then uh, there's also this dog like guy who sort of helps them and, and, you know, puts the people in this radiation chamber, which sometimes cures them and sometimes doesn't. But uh, Nissa figures out that it actually can work. And so she wants to stay and help them. Uh, whereas uh, the, uh, the, the, the guys there all need hydromel and she can also synthesize that. So she leaves to help the people on Terminus and the doctor goes back to the TARDIS with Turlo and we still want to kill her. Wow. Yeah, you just about got it. You just about that. that I will yeah, fully accept that. Close. I All will right. fully accept everything you said there as <laughs> sort of perhaps the quintessential summary, two minute summary of this bizarre story. Uh, you, there, there are many. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't tell. Holes. Yeah, I, I you could have fallen down. Well, I kind of did, and I, I couldn't tell if I was. That was the thing about this one. Like, <laughs> is this a nonsensical plot thread that goes nowhere, or is it the plot? You know, yeah. like that's kind of where you're you're at with Terminus. It's like it's all rabbit holes. It's all rabbit holes. It it, it really is. It, it it did feel to me like a Frankenstein's monster of a plot. Lots of stuff cobbled together. And you have all the stuff in the TARDIS at the start, which we'll, we'll get to. But yeah, it did just we we talked in Genesis of the Daleks about the the sort of wonderful dream logic of Genesis right. of the Daleks. That, that, that was good dream logic. Like there were things that didn't make sense, but it it just we went along with them. We were hooked on the story. This is the opposite. This is like more of an average dream. This is like really bad dream logic. Well, happening all over the place uh, all and, over the place here and there's such a big chunk of like uh contorting the plot and to the stories such that let's put aside like there's all there's too many main characters so we need tegan and turlo just mm. to kind of go off for like two or three episodes and not be part of the story which yeah. is really like not good yeah <laughs> but, tegan and turlo are basically parked in an in a ventilation shaft like they've they've you know <laughs> they're just we're just gonna leave them there. This is their 
their kennel. Uh, yeah. For the I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like this really ambitious story that just doesn't really pick what it wants to do. Like, are yeah. you telling a story about the beginning of the universe, which is kind of intriguing? Are you telling more of a political or social commentary piece about medicine and disease? Are you doing more with the Turlo plot, like advancing that in some way mm. with the Black Guardian, which is a kind of a genuinely interesting thing they did this season? It kind yeah. of wants to do all of it and fails on every single front. I mean, it, there's missed opportunities, meandering yeah. plots, things that make no sense, and just things that look downright silly, like those yeah. disco helmets and outfits with the bubbles the, with the pirates. It's just the oh pirates. I that was actually one of my favorite moments of Terminus, which when they show up, when, when they show up in these massive Buck Rogers helmets, <laughs> it's so over the top that it's, you're like. Wow, this is going to be a pastiche of itself, but no, it can't even sort of bring itself to to do that. Like if you remember Mysterio and how they kind of made that look good in the second Spider-Man movie, yeah. even though Mysterio always looked ridiculous. Imagine Mysterio just done completely wrong and just on the lo lowest budget. I mean, those things don't even look like helmets; they look like yeah. bubbles. They look like balloons. They do, and and, and apparently one of them kept misting up. Like it just <laughs> they they couldn't get any usable shots because uh, Kari's helmet, the character Kari. Uh, Liza Goddard was uh, just steaming up a uh, whole giant Buck Rogers helmet the whole time. Yeah, it's a uh, and they weren't—they weren't even supposed to be worn. Like there was miscommunication with the costumes. There was mis miscommunication with the costumes of the the Vermeer. Am I getting it right? The the uh, the, the slave so, workers on board. Like they didn't, the, the guy designing them didn't know they were supposed to be designed for combat. So the these sort of yeah. rattling bone things, which actually looked quite good, I thought. I thought, yeah, like I agree. Yeah. It, when they're that just standing the still, they yeah. kind of looked like you know they should be in a production of Dune. Um, right. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Dune vibes there. It doesn't sort of get the the sense that they are slaves for a corporation, but hey, you know. But but the, here here's the thing. So. Terminus was kind of famously affected by industrial action. Like there was an electrician's union strike. Like they barely had any time to film it. Peter Davison was just mortified at like how bad some of the scenes were because they were just rushing through stuff and not doing enough takes. Right. Mistakes um, were made. Mistakes <laughs> were made. So that's the reason why the other thing this reminds me of, and another recommendation I'm going to give you of something to watch on streaming. It's called Go. the Go it's called the Goes Wrong Show. And you you can <laughs> You can watch it on Amazon Prime. It is hilarious. It actually started as a, a West End show in London. Um, and you you just go to the Goes Wrong show. And it's, it's about a group of actors who are sort of trying earnestly to put on a genuine performance in a haunted house or whatever. But, like, everything just keeps going wrong. The scenery falls apart. Uh, you know, they forget their lines. They say their lines at the wrong time. It's now Wow, there's two seasons of this thing. I just Googled it. Yes, nice. yeah, and it's so good. Like, there's some are better than others, obviously, but there's one episode where everything ends up at ninety degrees, or like they built the set too small, so they have to the actors have to squeeze <laughs> into. Oh, just so so good, and you know when they hit it, they hit it. But that kind of that was the vibes I got here. Like right. every like the the fight scenes are bad. Uh, Peter Davison does does his best. You know, he's he's a canny stage fighter, but I'm, I'm sure he was upset that he didn't get more opportunities to make the fights look more realistic. 
Yeah, I, I say Terminus. It's 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 funny because I I almost have fond memories of it. Uh, again, mm. to your point earlier, it is forgettable, and I I don't think about Terminus much. But <laughs> recall that my first uh, episode of Doctor Who was Modern Undead, and right. it drew right. me in. So this was really the second story I saw. Mm. So. I, I was so willing to go with so much of this, right? Like mm. in, the idea that in the second story I saw, they're actually explaining the Big Bang. I mm. thought like as a kid who had just kind of been learning about the Big Bang at the time, I think it was about 11 or 12. Like it's yeah. like, wow, you know, this is cool. And it's it's telling a fun story around this. Uh, plus there's the whole thing with Turlo being the bad companion, which I was really into yep. and various other things. Like there's a few moments of, of peril that don't really make sense in hindsight, but like when the lasers all come out of the uh, prisons that they're in, in the, the transport ship. And that's kind of a scary moment, you know, and um, it is. And, so, and it's, so... <laughs> but it's, it's funny. Like uh, I remember sort of thinking when, when the randomizer took us here and I heard about it, it's like, Oh, Terminus, that'll be fun. Hmm. Then I come back, watch it. Holy crap. Like it was all, there were just so much stuff that just makes no sense. And people, mm. I, I got a strong sense of people kind of going through the motions yes. of a character archetype rather than actually doing what they're doing. Like, for example, like who's the guy who's one of the veneer who is, has the most lines, uh, uh Valgar? Valgar, yes. mm. he kind of like, I think the cliffhanger to episode two i think it is he's like killing the doctor he's like he's trying to him. strangle the doctor yeah, yeah but yeah. like why like what are you doing why are you murdering a bunch of people like i i, I uh, is that who you are like are you just yeah. doing that to be the bad guy we're supposed to not trust even just though you, time, you're not fleshed episode, out at all. Yeah. right like yeah. it's like what is what is even going on here like no one no one's motivation seems clear the the, the story what it's trying to say doesn't seem clear um like what the garm let's like i mean we could get to it but it's like the garm is like actually i don't mind the look like a dog head with the eyes or whatever that that was fine but he just seemed like he's just walks in this robot way and he it's just such a colorless thing he's just yeah. so straightforward he's so clinical i mean you know kind of appropriately in some ways but uh, it's not even uh, all you remember is the dog head he, he was supposed to be in the shadows that was the writer's intent and he was horrified to see it actually realized on screen so definitely a lot of a <laughs> lot of miscommunication going on between the production crew behind the scenes that that made this almost hilariously unintentionally bad um but on on paper there are so many interesting elements and i i want to start with the tardis because mm-hmm. that that is where the show starts and for the whole of the first episode you get you get delicious tardis scenes which is uh, I, I always find enjoyable when we actually yeah. see the crew's rooms. I got to uh, say, JNT was really good at this yes. in terms of making the TARDIS not just a plot device, but also fleshing out like what is life on board the TARDIS like? Yeah. And you get you definitely get a sense of that here. It's the only era where we where we see everyone's rooms, right? And uh, and and in this in this one, Turlo is for some reason assigned Adric's room. Yeah. Like, this is an uh, an almost infinite ship with an infinite number of rooms, right? Uh, why yeah. do you just get? Why not well, just have, you know, a, yeah. a room devoted to all of your companions, Doctor? You know, just keep that room. Well, presumably, it would be close to the console room, right? Like this, just to yeah. justify because it, it's like okay, like an Adric's probably been there the longest, so it's kind of yeah. two things. One that there's probably a pragmatic side to it, but the other one I actually like is that. 
the doctor really kind of wants to move on. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. like, and that's not because he's dealt with it, right? Like he hasn't probably. Yeah. And I think there's probably evidence as we go through our journey that he never really properly deals with Adric. Uh, yeah. And, but this is him kind of like, I, I just don't want to, I, I just want to move on. Like I, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. I don't want to think about my emotions. So I like that angle better, and I wish it w- was a little more explicit and fleshed out. But yeah. I have this weird memory, and I got to throw this out there because mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of just for the fans, anyone listening, do I do? Am I misremembering this? Maybe it was in a different episode where the doctor is talking to Tegan and Nissa, and they're like, "Okay, so well, what do we do with Adric?" And the doctor actually tells them, "Uh, let's give him Adric's room." And, with, with Tola, yeah, yeah. And, uh, does that maybe happen at the end of Modern Undead? I don't know. No, I don't know because, like, I remember he shakes hands with Turlo at the end of Modern Undead, mm. and it's like I think you've already joined us. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe I could be completely misremembering. I might have been. I was so obsessed with Doctor Who at the time. Yeah. I might have made up a scene in my head, head cannon from happened. the eighties. Yeah, but maybe it's a deleted scene. I don't have the DVD of this one, so maybe it's on there. But I, I sort of vaguely remember him doing that, like just. You know, we need to yeah. do this. So I did see this at the time. I did see Terminus at the time, and I, uh, you know, was wondering why it hadn't stuck in my memory. <laughs> you know, the answer is kind of obvious on rewatching it, but uh, but bits of it did, and it sort of it reminded me that in those days you didn't sort of necessarily feel that Doctor Who was discrete stories, right? It was, mm-hmm. and especially in this era, it gets kind of very soap opera y. Yeah, and, totally. And you could say that's the problem with Terminus is it's too so property that we're we're sort of focusing on everyone's anguish without really exploring it. Uh, mm. It's the worst of the soap opera and the worst of the space opera worlds. Um, but yeah, you you just sort of kind of saw all of Doctor Who as a continuum in the in the JNT era, and this this part of it, especially Davis, especially like it just it very much followed on with Turlo and the Black Guardian. Um, yeah, this is it. Very clearly, immediately follows hmm. Modern Undead because Turlo's just getting his room. Mm-hmm. He's just in, and you know, like obviously, this this is such a tight trilogy because Turlo is only bad for a very limited time. In that he is like, you, I, I suppose you could shoehorn maybe an episode between Terminus and Enlightenment, but that would be yeah. hard because at the very end of this one, the Black Guardian yells out. You, you have one last chance to go to the yeah. doctor. You know, basically, this is it. <laughs> I, know, I know I've given you 10 last chances up until now, but this really <laughs> is. You must kill the doctor. And I remember even as a kid seeing that cliffhanger. It's not even cliffhanger because it does, mm. enlightenment follows. But I remember thinking it was like, oh, is there an episode five? Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it's just such a weird way to end the story. Um, I think that ha- that happens a lot in season twenty, right? But mm. but yeah, the, the Black Guardian, uh, the Davison Black Guardian trilogy is mostly only a trilogy because there are only so many times Mark Strickson can say, "But I don't know what you want me to do." Yeah, yeah, and or it's some like, variation on that. Oh, this is the one episode too. I would say that gets me to question the most. Like, why don't you just do it yourself, man? I mean, you have the crystal thing, which apparently you can will to kind of sort of explode and. Yeah. render Turlo unconscious, which like, well, I mean, I get that there's some kind of rules here, but I don't know what they are because you seem very powerful, but yet yeah. you can't do this thing to kill the doctor, even though, and you can't even do things, you need this agent to do things like remove the space-time element from the TARDIS or whatever he's doing. Yeah. So, you and, and you're just kind of like, well, why, 
why is what Turlo says there at the end, towards the end, like not good enough? Where he's like, you know, he's trapped on Terminus. Like we could at least do something, you know, like we take the TARDIS away from him. I mean, I get it. He's the doctor. He'll probably find a way out of it. But uh, it's, 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 you're really well, there just kind of thinking, like, what are the rules here? Because I, I don't know what you're doing here, buddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. First of all, the, the, the Black Guardian, again, doesn't really seem to have uh, heard of regeneration. Uh, uh, it's kind of weird like he's seeing the doctor has regenerated and he's just like no we must kill him he's so two-dimensional and it's such a waste of valentine dial uh but yeah de- definitely talk about moments that like stick in your head as a kid like i was scared of the black guardian i mm. i found him a little bit creepy as a kid and now you're looking at the scenes where he's like on the tardis monitor and he's just sort of he's just sort of a guy who's been sat in a chair with a bird on his head right uh and th- th- just the lazy way that they shot that where not, he's not even looking directly at the screen he's not even irl in this at all right like yeah. he's never actually in a scene with mark strickson he's just on the no. screen yeah if he could appear poof in front of him uh, you know part of magic and you know walk around the tardis threateningly as a as an apparition I think that would be great. That would have been a fantastic use of the character. Right. But Which he kind of does in the next one, as I recall. Mm. I think in Enlightenment, they, you know, they finally get him. Uh, in, well, he was in, in, in Modern and Dead as well. But yeah, I, I think it's just so one dimensional. And it honestly, is. if they're just going to have Turlo run around in ducts anyway, I mean, I would have almost preferred that. Tegan and Turlo are just asleep or something, you know. Like, I mean, like, it's, well, the it's ironic all... thing is that the 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 uh, the danger which comes way too late in Terminus, it just sort of randomly appears. What the end of the third episode, right? Is the potential destruction of the universe right. as the cliffhanger? Uh, like, suddenly the stakes have been raised to the entire universe, and they've been raised because Turlo, under the under the guidance of the Black Guardian, trying to find his way back into the TARDIS, accidentally pulls a thing or hits a switch or a lever or something. I can't even remember what he does, but that is what starts the procedure of dumping the fuel that's going to destroy the universe. So the black guardian who wants like chaos in the universe and is somehow kind of expressing this through his desire to kill the doctor has accidentally through his, you know, blithering blundering, uh, charge here, uh, set in motion, the destruction of the universe. Now, is this is this what the Black Guardian wants? <laughs> well, is, would he be happy with this outcome? Like, is is this the the you're only supposed to make the bloody doors blow off? You know, from the Italian job, <laughs> like you're only supposed to kill the Doctor. You've gone and killed the entire bloody universe, Tello. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, first of all, like let's pick that apart a bit because <laughs> even though we're kind of fast forwarding to how, what if the evil plot had succeeded, I think we got to yeah. go with this because one, <laughs> we got to no- get that. It makes no physical sense. Like th- at this point, Turlo is uh, still on the the other ship, like the the yeah. transport ship. He's not on yeah. Terminus. So why would anything he does to the doors or whatever he's doing there affect Terminus at all? Like I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense. Dream and logic. Then, yeah. And then it's like the um. This is like this, as I as you know we have our regular feature. What if the evil plot had succeeded? Like the only evil plot I see here is Turlos and the Black Guardians, right? Like there's yeah. arguable stuff about Terminus Incorporated, and we'll get to that. But the evil plot, like that, he wants to kill the Doctor by any means necessary. The Black Guardian yeah. through Turlo. Yeah. And but the thing is, if that succeeds, to your point, the Terminus's engines would detonate, causing the destruction of the universe. It's like oh. 
okay, well, wait a second. Maybe, uh, like, I actually would have loved to see, uh, again, so many missed opportunities. Like, if the Black Guardian had said, oh, actually, wait a second. No, no, no. Go help the doctor. Go, go, go. <laughs> you did too much, dude. No, no, no. We, we can't, we can't have this thing blow up. Like, go go they, find the calm. If they suddenly just realize they're they're you know strange bedfellows and they just have to start working together, the Doctor and the Black Guardian, that might have been a really cool ending to this plot twist. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, as it is, it's just like the Black Guardian is just like no kill, 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 do this thing, etc. And you just you kind of like, dude, it's getting repetitive and like kind of like why? Like why are you even doing that? Like, how and that part of what's hidden here to just to get back to the TARDIS and maybe close the loop on the TARDIS stuff in this episode this is so Turlo gets into the heart of the TARDIS which we we don't see again until Bad Wolf parting of the ways right right apparently uh, you know yeah got, so a, like, got a little bit of makeover since then so yeah. huge yeah so it's got a lot more lights now um <laughs> Black Guardian does say that's that you're touching the heart of the TARDIS and that's the exact yes. terminology they use in uh the I think heart of the TARDIS is is exposed and uh and the TARDIS basically starts to fall apart that's why the the adventure happens you know the doctor forces Nissa to go through this door because it's better than the whatever the right. thing is that's in her room right. that's dimensional instability or something yeah so actually the TARDIS is starting to fall apart this is a hugely fascinating concept and and then it, it's supposed to lock on to the nearest space vessel okay uh sure we've never heard that mentioned before fine it never worked I'll go with before, it. Chris. Never had to work before. Uh, maybe the that. Doctor- I like that bit. You know, you, you yeah. can. I, I completely give Doctor Who writers and producers license to make up new TARDIS things and just say oh, it either yeah. never worked or whatever. I just installed it. It doesn't really matter. Snap your and fingers, is- door opens, whatevs. Okay, so, maybe not yeah, that one. <laughs> Terminus is is one of those uh, Doctor Who trivia questions. I think it's it's the only show, at least in classic Who, where uh, you see the interior of the TARDIS but not the exterior. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I guess so apart from the, the, the Hartnell bottle episode or whatever that was. Uh, unless you're thinking that the chameleon circuit's actually working, which I think is a theory well, on this. Yes, that is the theory on this. That we, when we see the door on the other end, uh, which has got that, what I cannot help but think of as the Grateful Dead logo. <laughs> they're basically the, only one. The, the, the scary thing about the first episode, for most of the first episode, is that they are being followed by the Grateful Dead logo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no a bunch of hippies uh you know and then and then the uh well that's the why the doctor wants her to go through the door right hey like, that you'll never hey, get another chance to hear exactly the dead it's jerry's last concert right that way get me some autographs and take my I, you know my eight track <laughs> yeah, it's a, get, a, get a recording you know <laughs> see which which version of uh you know friend of the devil they do this time. i yeah it's it's so weird but it's but yes it's literally the chameleon circuit functioning as it's supposed to on the other end of i of guess but that's not really explicit like i found it really confusing that the the, the door was going between like the hallway and the deadhead logo and you're just like, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be more clear if you saw roundels, you know, yes. you know toggling between that? You know, then it's like, oh, that's the TARDIS, right? So I, I found it like that was just a weird choice without spelling it out. If, if again, I think this is mostly headcanon. If you think, oh, it is the chameleon circuit, then okay, it kind of makes sense. But other than that, I'm just like, eh, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it, it does. There are a few moments of Terminus that are so bad they're good. And I think one of them is the Doctor's most heroic action throwing a chair 
to jam the door open. <laughs> Throws this like super cheap 1980s plastic chair, jams the door, and that saves the day, and he can go after Nyssa. I guess, um, but then the door closes later, so then that yeah. sort of, doesn't that render that a little meaningless? You know, It's not clear exactly what the rules are, and whether he can just That's stand in front of it and click his fingers. You know, maybe maybe it's a finger click situation. Like River installed the finger clicking device throughout all of space and time, just so the doctor could get out of situations like this. Wait, yeah. he's on terminus. I mean, <sighs> speaking of plot holes, that's <laughs> all we're going to be discussing. So yes. I'm just going to rapid fire through. Like yep. I put a list of like questions that why doesn't this work? And you know, like honestly, like I'm going to I'm, I'm picking at it. I admit I'm being kind of a jerk here, but I'm also like I'm genuinely asking, and I would love to. If you stop and maybe on a couple of them, and like maybe these do actually make sense because I do mm. like explaining them away. And if we want to use a Claire Splinter, <laughs> that's our yep. get out of jail, jail, exactly. jail free card. So, okay. She's, she's all over the place here, I'm sure. So, Terminus Incorporated is what operates this thing. Yes. And, okay. This How thing does... is a healthcare facility, so right. far as we understand, right? What is the business model here? <laughs> <laughs> You know, what does the like, brochure say? <laughs> I, I'm really wondering, because it's like, okay, so this, again, I think could have been a really good social commentary on possibly private healthcare, right? Like, yes. if they had actually gone that way, I think this could have actually been really strong. Because there's a, you know, it's clear there's a corporation running this, and they're doing a horrible job by mm. not just using a slave workforce, but not even researching and improving upon their treatment, which would yeah. help you market this place because so it sounds like the marketing's really bad because Olvir <laughs> thinks yeah. everyone's going to die and it doesn't work at all. So they got some they got some work to do there. So yeah, all over the space part. Yeah. So so basically, the brochure for Terminus would say: Here's a healthcare facility for your leprosy, uh, your space leprosy, and we here we have our friendly Gom. Who's going to blast you? <laughs> it's on the cover with... of the brochure, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's on the cover. The big staring red eyes, like friendly dog, friendly dog vibes. Um, our gum, who has no free will, and will—he <laughs> has no free will. Always but yeah. he's at the helm of like this radiation procedure. Like he, he's going to be your surgeon, and he may—he may kill. Like, there'll be tiny fine print at the bottom, like you know. Uh, death occurs in over ninety percent of radiation cases. Uh, well, and remember, if anyone <laughs> tries to accepts no responsibility, if anyone tries to inhibit him with a laser and try to shoot him in the middle of your procedure, he's completely impervious. So don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, did a lot of a lot of laser firefights happen in your hospital facilities? That happen? Yes. Why, why would you put that in the brochure? I don't know. Yeah, and please come come to visit Terminus. We placed it at the center of the universe because we're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're basically building it on board a structure that's been there before that may be left over from a previous universe. So well, we I, saw that. We poured, we bought it up. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess they turn this average, into a healthcare facility. The average travel time will be the same for everyone in the universe. <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> Do not, no favoritism whatsoever. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we. Is it time to deal with the center of the universe and the Big Bang? I think it is. You know, let's skip ahead. Let's do it. Even though I've got a let's... lot more of these plot points. They're kind of all about Terminus oh, yeah. Incorporated being silly and bad, bad marketing. Oh, oh yes. please, let's go ahead. But, you know, well, I if mean, there's anything to say about Terminus Inc. Olivier is like, we're all going to die. 
why does he think they're all doomed? Like, if anyone, like, basically, the cure for Lazarus' disease sometimes works. We know this, yes. right? So wouldn't that be known? Wouldn't wouldn't as yeah. Terminus Incorporated you'd want to advertise that? And is this would. why the Lazars are coming in the first place? So yeah, how are they paying exactly? They they don't seem flush with cash. Yeah, ex- totally. It's like, but they do say it's sort of from a rich sector, so it is like this thing, I guess, in rich cultures in the universe at this point that you have these yeah. leper colonies. Which I, I could go with. It's fine. Uh, but well, it's, Lazar, yeah. how would Lazar's disease, like, let's talk about Lazar's disease now. Like, Let's talk about that. Because yeah. it is, you know, um, we expect parts of Doctor Who to, to not age well. We talked about that, the talents of Wang Chang and, you know, obviously the the, the casual racism of, of some areas of 70s Doctor Who. This is so bad and aged so badly. You know, the treatment of basically what is basically space leprosy here right you know it's they they are treated even by the doctor in in the the, that first episode the the you know the first cliffhanger with a threat they're treated by the even the doctor as sort of unclean unclean yeah right which is very old school old school incorrect version of leprosy and what it does to you um they are they are not allowed a voice in the script Mm -hmm. like you know not until nissa becomes one of them Right, and uh, she's and in the she prison could... with them or something, one of those cells yes. in episode three. Yeah, and yeah. basically becomes the white savior of, of the lepers <laughs> by becoming white. say that. It's pretty much, uh, increasingly white as she loses more of her clothes. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, but yeah, it, even Mark Strickson, Turlo, at the time, apparently objected to the... He, he said that this plot was sick. And yeah. I, I don't think he meant this plot was sick, dude. I think he meant, <laughs> I think he meant it in the British sense of that was right. sick. It was just sick. I, I don't think Peter Davison was happy with it either. It was like, it was kind of the last time you could even get away with this presentation of a very misunderstood disease. Yeah, very much. And um, it, it doesn't even follow its own rules. I'll say, cause yeah. there's a bit, where the doctor says don't touch them and yep. that implies that it's you know transmitted through touch so then mm-hmm. how does nissa get it cuz yeah. i don't think she's touched and tegan is like mm-hmm. tegan's grabbed through the door and she not only that groped yes yeah she's groped all over and and the, the turlo even grabs one of the hands to free her so wouldn't they be infected if it is spread by touch Yes. Uh, so like how come that doesn't that's never talked about or dealt with and at the same time um, you know how could this even develop into some kind of intergalactic problem yeah <laughs> like I mean it's like okay pretty straightforward you quarantine these people and you know do your best to help them and uh, and, and again why is it only terminus is mm. able to like it's just radiation right you're basically doing this very you know broad spectrum <laughs> radiotherapy Unless there's something really special about the radiation interpreters, which it could be, but they don't really say much about that. Yeah, you know, they don't really. They just sort of go, oh, they just put him in this engine room and hope, hope for the best. It, um, yeah, it requires special Big Bang radiation. Yeah, why do you got to go into an intergalactic cruiser to go to this one spot? Because I guess again, <laughs> the marketing for this place must be amazing. Except it didn't hit reach Olvir. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, we will dress you in sackcloth. Uh, for the for the full experience, maybe it's actually a vacation for like super rich people, and they're just cosplaying lepers. Like we, we're we're gonna, you know, we're gonna treat you like dirt. This is gonna be the only experience you 
you've never had as the wealthy of the universe. Like we're going to pretend you have this disease. Everyone's going to be told not to touch you. And at the, <laughs> you'll be completely silent the whole time. No one will learn your stories. Um, and yes. And at the end of the day, you'll, you'll get free healthcare because some random scientist from Traken will decide <laughs> to come along and improve our facilities. Um, don't forget, you get to scratch a big dog behind the ears, and oh, be, oh yeah. it's good, such a satisfying thing. Oh, it really is. Big red eyes looking up at you or down at you, rather. Thank you so much. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's just none of this makes sense at all. But again, yeah. like I would have loved to see, you know, if you talk about the the guards. Oh well, let's talk about the guards and their hydromel, right? Like it's yeah. never really talked about what hydromel is. So, yeah, so they're addicted to hydromel. They tell us they they so, need it. For some reason, we don't know why. Is it, is it an actual addiction or is it a physical need? Because if it's, a, it feels like it's a physical need because this at the end says they'll she'll actually synthesize some for something, mm. you know, some replacement. Whereas, like, well, if it's just a, like a narcotic or something, wouldn't you want to sort of wean them off it and yeah. figure that out? Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just visually, visually, hydromel is very cool because it comes in, you know, like if you're going like to get colored water. Uh, <laughs> it really does. If you're going to get addicted to any like future space drug, make it one where you have these colorful, weird, like glow stick things, a glow stick that you basically insert into your chest. Uh, mm. it's, that seems like a cool space drug. And I wish they'd, they'd uh, explored hydromel. So I'm not so sure about the name. I think that needs a little work. Yeah. Hydro. Well, it's hydromel. watery. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like, it's like water, it's like, honey. It's it's like when right. you know after Bonnie Langford's been in the show, a hydromel. Um, <laughs> I don't that's, know, like what is that's this? When thing? Mel goes to the pool in Paradise Tower, like <laughs> there we go, hydromel. Um, but yes, yeah, some explanation of that would be cool. Apparently, Nissa can synthesize it mm. uh, and improve that, on it, and improve on it. So basically, Nissa ends her journey in the TARDIS by becoming Walter White. Uh, she's, <laughs> the she's only just like flyer of she's, she's yeah. cooking up blue hydromel on on terminus for all oh, the gods man. i just you know <laughs> i've seen the line with her talking to volgar or something like you want to cook <laughs> yeah, let's cook um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and it, it is weird. i totally forgotten that nissa leaves at the end of this episode mm. uh yeah. and i was like oh good when it finally happened i'm like oh good something like something to make this worth it. <laughs> At least she experience. got out of here, you know, mm-hmm. so good, good on you. Although she has to stay in terminus, which sounds like nothing I would ever want. Any companion would wish that any companion or even any monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's very notable for Sarah Sutton leaving. Uh, apparently it wasn't her idea. They just wrote her out of the show. Um, not really sure why. I assume it's because of the crowded TARDIS. It was, this is also the last episode to feature yeah. like four people on board the TARDIS until the Whitaker era. Um, well, as, as full companions, I mean, you have river Amy and Rory right. at various points. Yeah. And it's arguable that that's, that she's a companion. She's really beyond companion is river. Well, and also um, Amy and Rory are kind of almost the same person. Yeah. They're a unit. <laughs> they, they come yeah. as a pair. Um, yeah, so it, it definitely was a crowded TARDIS. Uh, and it, it's interesting that, you, so Davison really, you know, again, Davison, you make the argument he's, he's in many ways one of the most poorly served doctors in terms of like his level of ambition. 
mm. what he wanted his doctor to be and, and the fact that he was handed scripts like this. And he missed Sarah Sutton. He, he thought that Nessa was his best companion. And they actually, uh, not ad-lib, but they, they kind of just uh, made up the scene. They, it was supposed to be a handshake. Instead, the, the doctor gets a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. Uh, and I got to say, yeah. I do I do disagree with Peter Davison that Nissa was his best companion. I think she's yeah. she serves the companion role probably the most well in terms of the straightforwardness of it that she's mm-hmm. there to kind of help the doctor and and help, you know, be that ba- sounding board and because she's more of an equal scientifically that becomes a probably even a little better and there's more of a flow to it with Nissa. But I do like I, I prefer Tegan, honestly, just because I want mm. a little bit of conflict in the TARDIS. I want someone who's keeping the Doctor on his toes, and I think you see all elements of that in the better companions in New Who, like Donna and Bill in particular, I think are great uh, foils for the Doctor, simply because they do sort of question a lot of what's going on and clearly have their own ideas of what things should be, which sometimes conflict with his. So. Uh, I'm I'm more of a fan of Tegan in this era, and I yeah. think he, there's a reason why she's thought of as the the ultimate Davidson companion, not just because she was in almost all of his stories, but because I think she really works well with the Doctor. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we we needed we you know it's not a great story for Tegan. We needed more yeah. mouth from from the mouth on legs. <laughs> um, yeah. It is sweet that but, they uh, they when when Nessa embraces Tegan, they say goodbye. Uh, there, there are tears in her eyes, and, and again, mm. that was that was genuine. That was Sarah Sutton just spontaneously bursting into tears, having to leave yeah. the TARDIS team. Luckily, not the last we heard from Sarah Sutton. She's joined a lot of audios. I haven't listened to them all, yeah. but I did listen to uh, the Mutant Phase, which is one of the earlier adventures, which uh, yeah. has Nissa and the Doctor uh, meet the Daleks. So. Huh. That's huh. a you know I would recommend. Uh, so, nice. uh, but they and they continue her journey later when um, I think at some point she's a much older version of Nissa, but she she right. resumes some journeys with the Doctor later in some other audio adventures. And, and doesn't she doesn't she end up in E space? Uh, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> I've, I apparently, it, I, that is the I don't want to say it's the end of Nissa's story, but apparently that is. The, the big thing that they, she and the Doctor, and I guess the, the rest of the TARDIS team, visit eSpace again, which is interesting, given, uh, given the randomizer recently took us to the eSpace story, State of Decay. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, Although Nessa yeah, never went to eSpace. She just heard about it from Adric. So yeah, maybe that's... But she, uh, she actually gets to go there in the audio so it's interesting but yeah she she also before we before we take our leave of nissa uh, to uh look after Lazarus disease sufferers for the rest of time um as far as the show is concerned let's talk about this fact that, that she did deliberately shared clothing throughout yeah. this episode as <laughs> as a thank you as a thank you to the male fans which and <laughs> well come on did she really though i that's that's this is what she has said since yeah. that she uh she got the notes uh of complaint from her earlier costume where she was very traconite traconesque right. and bubbled up yes that's classic nessa which actually you know classic nessa classy nessa mm-hmm. um very classy outfit enjoyed that and now here she is like going full full girls on film um it, it is I mean, interesting I, I was reminded of uh what jnt apparently said about uh nicola bryant in attack of the cybermen which went to recently that they had to you know tape tape her uh uh her, her 
chest down basically because the the nipples are obscene um yeah there's a very similar situation here there's lot little left to the imagination there's a scene where she is lying on the floor that you just almost <laughs> want to like turn away from the screen hold up a blanket allow her to change like uh, you know what i mean it does it does get distracting uh, yeah. oh the but thing is i, I it if is it was her story. choice what the hell well i remember like she takes off her skirt and mm-hmm. she's just in a slip and i feel like how does that help you know like to some, yeah. i guess maybe your upper legs are slightly less warm now because like, apparently the characters and i would say believably getting feverish right and so it's like she just wants to kind of strip down uh to the bare minimum so to speak um okay fair enough but i also feel like you you under your skirt is another skirt <laughs> like again i'm not expressing this as like i want to see more skin i'm just like if that's your goal uh, from a pragmatic yeah. standpoint i mean you probably should start shedding more layers um yeah so and again i think i think you couldn't do it in 1983 or 82 whenever this was in in doing it in sort of a, a in a modern way you could do it you could have you could play it so that it's almost done for laughs and like oh someone mm. particularly who isn't a human just is like doesn't see any um shame or whatever in in going mm. naked or borderline naked that that could be done yeah. in a sort of believable funny way that also uh you know perhaps coincidentally perhaps not also pleases the male fans again i i, I depends on what your level of tolerance is for gratuitous stuff like that uh here yeah. i i just kind of don't see like you know maybe i just what even at the time maybe still exposed to too much uh american tv where it was just commonplace you'd see girls in bikinis just any night of the week randomly whether you were watching the love boat or 90210 or whatever like i never really thought much of it um it but. is it's definitely an 80s time capsule in a lot of ways and i think also of the the space pirates karen olvia their their costumes like they they look like they've just wanted out of a duran duran video as well yeah um they they just you know once they take those stupid giant helmets off they're just they're they're you know buck rogers meets xanadu uh you know she's got a very olivia newton john look and he's he's definitely ready to join like haircut 100 or a flock of seagulls or <laughs> well, one of those new romantic bands i feel like Lisa in this episode there's i get some subtle like attraction between her and alvir and mm. I kind of wish they'd played that up as more of a reason that yeah. she stayed because I yeah. don't really believe someone like Nissa who is fairly innocent. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, I is, would like to, I, I, I get her scientific um, curiosity about Hydromel and Terminus and Lazarus disease. All that makes sense. But Terminus looks like a rough place. Even, it does. even now that they've sort of led this revolution and essentially now they're going to Re- reboot it like i mean nissa in a place like that i mean i feel like the doctor is almost a little irresponsible like letting her go like nissa come on this is a rough mm-hmm. place like this guy just tried to strangle me you know these people are you know you, you, you can't do this like this is you're, you're not mm-hmm. ready for this like you need some yeah. help but if if olvier's there to to be her you know her companion and love interest then maybe that that's yeah. a little more believable and better for her but they, they never you really know, fully explore that you know, you could do a lot worse than Olvia. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's 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 a looker, and um, yeah, you know, he's he's kind of a, he wants to be an action hero. 
Um, apparently master of disguise. Be, yes. <laughs> it does lots of sneaking around corners. Um, yeah, he did a lot of us. Can I just throw in a random, um, one of my favorite random facts Do it. about Terminus? Activate your personal the, randomizer. The voice of the Tannoy mm-hmm. uh, that you hear over the Tannoy. By the way, they weren't allowed to use the word Tannoy. It was described in the t- in the, in the uh, cast notes as Tannoy voice, and they got a angry letter from Tamo- Tannoy Limited telling them to cease and desist well, using Tannoy the, the folks. Name. They're everywhere. But they, the voice of the Tannoy is Martin Muncaster, and Martin Muncaster is famous because if you've ever been to London, if you've been on the tube, you will you will know the words "Mind the Gap." Um, <laughs> yeah. He is that voice. He's the voice of Mind the Gap, and. Uh, and here he is on Terminus, doing doing his best sort of voice from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy impression. Nice. I kind of like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I've uh, he's obviously done voice work because I, I think mm. I recognize him from Red Dwarf as well, where mm. there was the um, one of the food dispensers I think where he would keep saying "Enjoy your meal." I, I just it just ding 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 on on my in my mm. head when I heard it again this time. Oh man, because I hadn't watched this. Uh, since before, probably, uh, mm. Red Dwarf was even on the air. And so, yeah, he's definitely got that sort of his pitch is just, you know, kind of agreeable, but kind of quick. And, you know, you, you, you definitely, he's got a voice that makes you want to pay attention, which is exactly what, um, exactly you know, makes it perfect. It, it, it feels very official. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just in general, a lot, a lot of half-assed things, a lot of missed opportunities, possibly the worst scientific description in Doctor Who of of uh, an event like the Big Bang. Worst, well, let's, you know, yeah, least, least sciencey moment, least sciencey moment, barring kill the moon. Um, I would say probably, but you know what? I I think on this one, I I remember I, I remember being intrigued by it, and I'm still I'll still buy it. You know the way they explain yeah. it, so. What they say is that this ship is from some ancient race, presumably capable of time travel, which, again, completely glossed over in that, like, well, who built it? Or what if they are doing time travel stuff and make huge ships? Wouldn't that kind of put them on par with the Time Lords? I mean, uh, yeah. so, yeah, there's supposed to there's a, there's a giant pilot in the control room throughout this that we're, we're never right. sort of like we barely even. But he's supposed to be a giant. And I guess he's supposed to still be alive. He's just living in slow time or something. Was that what is it? I don't know. I always got the impression yeah. he's dead. But like I kind of what the vibe I got there was from Alien. Right, where you okay. find the, the pilot. There's a big pilot mm. in a big chair, and there's something ancient here, and I feel like it was kind of ripping him off mm. that. Uh, yes. And it, it doesn't set out to answer that question. Uh, maybe Doctor Who never should. Uh, but anyway, I do like the idea that the universe started is it, essentially a paradox. That something mm. from the future traveled back, ejected something, whether it doesn't really honestly matter what it is, whether it's something exploding or not. I think if something ends up in a void and then it's the only thing in existence that becomes the universe, right? Like that, that kind of makes sense to me on a weird level. Like, you know, you go back for enough, there's nothing. And then you create something just by virtue of being there. Very cool. What doesn't make sense to me is now that it's billions of years in the future, you could now destroy the universe with a similar act. I don't think it works the same way without the void. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So you can't just undo a thing with the same amount of fuel that you use to create a thing. 
Uh, it's bizarre. Uh, something else that's bizarre and, and unsciency is that you get maps of the known universe that apparently right. everyone can just instantly recognize. I mean, who doesn't know the, the known universe? <laughs> it's the exact listen, center of the known universe, not the entire the universe. The known. The, the fact that they throw in known universe yeah. that, that, that kind of makes your sciency head explode because it's like the exact center of the quote-unquote known universe known is to not who? the exact center of... Exactly. <laughs> it's so it's so pre-Copernican, the way that they're thinking about this. It's just uh, the center and the universe is flat. Yeah, or I guess I, it's, mean, I guess they've got the universe rounded a little bit because it's on an old old-fashioned CRT monitor. Well, you can so. definitely tell this is like um, cosmology from like 40, 50 years ago, right? Where it's the Big <laughs> yeah. Bang, it blew up. I mean, I remember learning in junior high school about the difference between the Big Bang theory and the steady state theory, and yeah. uh, was there going to be a big crunch? And cosmology and telescopes, you know, with the Hubble Space Telescope, has gotten way more advanced, and it just mm. it kind of looks real. It, this this part has the science here has not aged well, uh, yes, because now we, yeah, we, we have much better yeah. understanding of of you know dark matter and all uh, dark energy yeah, the and these other things and the curvature of the curvature of space. The fact that you couldn't you essentially just couldn't represent it, right? And whether and the, the debate on whether like is the universe infinite or not because it might be mm. depending on you know your perspective on uh, and that, that my knowledge here might be a little outdated because this is mostly based on you know reading Brian Greene uh, ten or fifteen years ago. Mm. So. Um, but there's there's been a lot of talk since and uh, about what you know the the nature of the universe is and it's really evolved and here it, it just sounds very very linear, which uh, yeah. it's just yeah it's too bad you know. Do you, remind me with with Pandorica opens Big Bang in New Who. Uh, I know you know the the the, the twisty turny plot of that kind of loses its essential heart for me i i know that the the tardis reappears by recreating the universe in that is is the big bang actually involved in the big bang Ooh, that's a good question it's been a while like, does not it, that long does but it I've, wipe over this this terrible terrible version of creation uh sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's, let's just say that it does I mean, that's uh, the great thing about Pandora Open's Big Bang is that you could use it to explain away any sort of yeah. timeline shifts or, or plot holes. Yeah, uh, it's more for literally rebooting the entire universe. Yeah. Uh, so the entire universe, let's just say, is never actually uh, created by a fuel dump from a time-traveling <laughs> void ship. Well, Doctor Who didn't stop Doctor Who from read good doing it even before that. So the other explanations for... The beginning of the universe. There was actually, you know, they actually talk about it in Castro Valva the previous season, but mm. they never really explain the nature of it. So you could argue when they talk about the hydrogen inrush or whatever they say in Castro Valva, they're actually like the thing that causes it is terminus. So fair yeah. enough. And then, but then they actually talk about it apparently in Slipback, which was uh, an audio adventure on the hmm. radio, I believe. And I actually never listened to it, but it, uh, it says basically there was a ship called the Vipod Moor that caused the Big Bang. Okay. It exploded and it was the, basically the Big Bang. Um, fair enough. That seems a little incompatible with the Terminus thing. I guess you could really stretch it and say like either the Vipod Moor was the original name of Terminus because Terminus is also like the name of this corporation, which, which came first, right? right. The corporation or the ship. Uh, or that the ship explodes on the fuel tank <laughs> that terminus well, ejects 
Hell of a maybe yeah, maybe it took two ships. So maybe actually there's there's <laughs> dozens of ships accidentally tumbling back to the beginning of the time. They all explode. That's actually what created the this Big Bang. universe it took, is so vast. It took two ships exploding. Yeah. To create. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's just pile more on. Let's just like have every have a season of New Who where the entire season arc is like every single ship in it ends up going back to the beginning of time. They all blow up. Yeah, although uh, yeah. you know, all you all you need is a big dog creature to pull the switch back to prevent all this from happening. Uh, yeah, he's he's very he's quite Carvinista uh, from from uh, Flux. Oh yeah, uh, he, that's right. There's, there's, uh, you maybe know, it's the, the same race. Is, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or distant I mean, cousin, the way the Nymon and that uh, hotel creature were yes. kind of cousins. Yeah. yeah, the Minotaur. Yeah, that was that was an interesting one. But they didn't I, for okay. some reason they didn't put a terminus reference. <laughs> it yeah. looks. I wonder why. So uh, is this dealt with? Is is the breakup of the TARDIS ever dealt with again? Because it's such an interesting idea hmm. that the TARDIS starts breaking up in this. Is it uh, the the next chronologically the next story is Enlightenment? Do you remember if they deal with it in Enlightenment? Not really. Uh, it's kind no. of forgotten about, and again, it's forgotten about here even because it's like the Doctor. I mean, it, it it sort of the TARDIS starts to break up, but then it sort of magically stops. I don't think the Doctor really even does anything he, other than throwing yeah. the chair because it immediately sort of goes into the, the ship. So it's like, wait, was the TARDIS breaking up or not? And then they he goes back and apparently like uh, doesn't ever question, or he, maybe he finds that the space time elements out of whack, and he just figures, oh, it just happens. <laughs> like my warranty yeah. ran out. Like nobody did anything. So that's never really dealt with. Um, although I think, as I recall, in Enlightenment, sort of there were other issues with the TARDIS, and it has nothing to do with this, though. Um, you know, things just blow up. Well, so so maybe this is one of our first answers to our regular segment of where is the Clara Splinter, uh, and the ah. answer that she she has wandered onto the TARDIS from from the Terminus ship. Um, she's a Lazar. She's a Lazar. Yeah, she, she's yeah. a Lazar. So people don't pay attention to her. She's get get in anywhere and fix any plot hole. And she can wander onto the TARDIS and make sure that it's uh, the the process is reversed and that Tolo hasn't actually done any permanent damage. Right. Um, she puts the space time element right back where it should be. Exactly. Nice. She's just good just job. Clean Clark. up cleanup crew and she has space to do that right because Turlo is you know thanks to the black guardians uh, punishment regiment the Turlo is knocked out on the floor at some point right on the tardis uh, yeah at the end. also sealed in the uh crawl space for like two episodes so that's a good yep. gap because she'd have to avoid oh, yeah, sterilization exactly. that's one thing i forgot in the tldw among other things the oh, sterilization yeah. on the ship which is just the like sterilization, dry ice is some, basically what sterilization. Yeah, some is. random smoke here and there. Not a very good uh, sterilization procedure, as sterilization yeah. procedures go. Which, which does lead every time this smoke comes in, it leads to this fabulous uh, cough acting, which is <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of actors going, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> As if we didn't know what smoke inhalation did. Totally. Well, if you want something sterilized, remember, call Nomad. <laughs> uh, yes. And right. if you don't want to be sterilized, take Hydromel. It's um, <laughs> all it all takes. Right. A little bit of green water. You're fine. Yes. So we talked about the evil all plot right. succeeding. 
Um, yes, the the Black Guardian, I guess, accidentally blows up the universe. That would be yeah. success. <laughs> success for someone. <laughs> um, so why that would be then... success for Davros? Because yeah, That's no true. creatures left. He, yeah, he would. He's anyway. got a big poster of the Black Guardian on his bedroom wall. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so we never really talked about why. Why did the randomizer bring us here, though? I think we talked a little about it in the pre-show, but do we? Well. I think the randomizer is definitely interested in the TARDIS hmm, and in a... the chameleon circuit aspect of the TARDIS, which oh. isn't evidence here. We were just at Attack of the Cybermen, uh, which is, you know, shows us the TARDIS actually changing for the first and only time. And, right. um, and here we have the only, you know, then Genesis of the Daleks, we have the only old who that doesn't feature the, the TARDIS at all. Now we're fully mm-hmm. back in the TARDIS, the full episode in the TARDIS, but we don't see the exterior. The randomizer likes playing around the, with the TARDIS. It's definitely like quirky and, TARDIS episodes. Yeah. yeah. Even State of Decay. I mean, it was eSpace, right? And there was a little bit of and, short hopping going on. Yes. Yeah, there, there was short hop usage of the TARDIS, which I'm also enjoying. There was, there's the giant CVS receipt coming out of the TARDIS console. Mm-hmm. Can't forget that. Uh but also, uh, we've been investigating the round things, the roundels, <laughs> as they are known in the old series, because oh, we had right. the Doctor fixing the chameleon circuit with a, a roundel. Here, we open with, with Turlo sabotaging a roundel in a random corridor before Tegan comes along and goes, I've got my eye on you. I gotta Always wonder, watching Turlo. Did they ever pop the roundels before Nathan Turner? Like, did Nathan Turner I, basically... Decide, you know what? We're going to find what's behind these things because he did it a lot. <laughs> he did, <laughs> like Attack of the Cybermen. Yeah, I, I think was the actually, one think, in. There's something in Earthshock, maybe. I'm I think it's maybe, but I think there was one in Castrovalva where yes. he actually finds like some medicine or something behind one of them, like it's a freaking medicine cabinet, and it's like, oh, <laughs> these roundels, they all have like little surprises behind them, and one has the chameleon circuit, and one has the space time element or whatever, and this is, you know, like it's a it's a place. It's not just de- it's not just decor. There's stuff. Yeah, here. it really you could use it for a quiz show. Let's find out what's behind door number seven. <laughs> Roundel number seven has. A trip to Terminus. All right. I love it. Yeah, quirky TARDIS through line. I think that's better than mine. The only thing I thought of was more just uh, commentary. The the We went to basically the highest of the high of the classic series mm. with Genesis yeah. of the Daleks. It's definitely, you know, on a lot of top 10, top 5 lists to Terminus, yeah. which I might say, Chris, this might be the worst one we've done. It 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 so is. It's one of those that you just kind of you you feel so bad in your heart for the show. I, I, I really feel bad because you know I love Davison. I I actually really mm. think Turlo's interesting. Like I said about Tegan, I think she's a great companion. Uh, you know, who you can't say bad things about Nissa. She's great, mm. and I want these people to have good adventures together. But instead, yeah. we get Terminus, which is a mess as we've just discussed, and also two of them are completely sidelined. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's not well served. It does this script does not serve anyone well, least of all the regulars, and it's I don't think it's a good example of uh, good Doctor Who. Sorry, sorry, Terminus Love. Yeah, David Davison. David, yeah, all three of you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Davison is uh, is is also he still knocks every line out of the park. He's still we still get a sense of his Doctor through through the really seriously crappy dialogue. Um, mm. He's trying so hard, and you feel so bad for him with this. 
so yeah. ill-served. I mean, you, could, we, you know, we've argued a lot about Colin Baker was ill-served. I think Davison was, for a lot of his tenure, ill-served too in terms of his ambition for, for Colin, what his doctor Colin could Baker be. did not have a vegetable to save him in certain scenes because you could always just <laughs> look at that celery and like, oh, doctor. <laughs> the so celery is, yes, it reminds me that when we started our random journey with Planet of Fire, we thought we were going to have a segment called Celery Watch. Uh, <laughs> this is a uh, Next opportunity to look at the celery. Yeah, this is pretty checked uh, celery. Yeah, That's wasn't fine. it supposed to like protect against? Was, wasn't there some explanation of the celery was supposed to uh, note radiation poisoning or something? Uh, radiation I think it was gas. There was like some gas, <coughs> gas. And some okay, version, some spectrum. I think that was so, it. A certain <laughs> gas was present. That's what it would detect. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it wilt here? It was all the presence <laughs> of either radiation or sterilization gas on the ship, and or just really poor dialogue. Should. <laughs> it wilts when but the actually plot really holds strength in the celery that's why it looks so good here it absorbs the plot contrivances and just just starts to bloom get more nutritious oh my yeah. goodness oh celery watch all right so uh we've we've said where where clara is is there any other place to put clara that that desperately needs a plot hole filling uh well other than I I uh, only thing I can figure is she is a Lazar disguised as a Lazar and in, in mm. addition to maybe fixing the TARDIS that she seals <laughs> she's the one who pounds on the grate to seal Tegan and Turlo down below mm. trying to Protecting shield them. them from the mm. horribleness of this episode trying to just basically <laughs> keep them out of it and like guys you want nothing to do with Terminus and yeah. the, the big dog over there and these guys yeah. in the bone armor because guys you don't want no part of this no (laughs) all right so yeah she's she's helping protect and preserve the uh the two remaining companions Hmm. knowing that nissa is about to leave to become a healthcare worker um yeah so i guess it's just the question of is this if this is a dalek or an ogron on our rating system or a viscount banger and um (laughs) It is definitely an ogron. Oh my god! It's like the drunk, t- terrible, like low-ranking ogron who couldn't even make you know sergeant in the ogron corps. It's yeah. <laughs> this is not it's a good ogron. Yeah, he's so, a okay. scouring ogron. <laughs> so let's uh, let's not you know let's hasten <laughs> onwards in our journey. Let's get back into the TARDIS. Our terminate commentary on terminus. It is over, folks. We've reached the end. Let us open the TARDIS door that is briefly in Nissa's room and has the Grateful Dead logo on it, step back into the TARDIS, walk up to our randomizer, and see where we're going next. So, Indeed. Pete, how many components does the randomizer have? The randomizer is comprised, or composed, which I'm, I'm using the wrong word, is composed of two components. Uh, one is the codex, which I have open in front of me here, and you can check it out uh, by following the link in our show notes. It is a spreadsheet of all the episodes every single one of doctor who and we have just added the one that is being broadcast right now as we are wrapping this up number 300 legend of the sea devil so it is one through 300 and to find out which one we're going to chris what what are we what do we look to to find that random number well, first of all, let's just say there's a one in 300 chance the randomizer will actually tell us to watch the show that's screening right now. Uh, I'm very excited about that. But uh, what we use for the uh, executor element 
of the randomizer is random.org because it uses atmospheric noise to create a true random number instead of just going down a list of numbers in an algorithm like a computer usually does like a dummy. And um, that is why we use it. We feel that the randomizer is alive. It is talking to us. It is uh, sending us on side quests uh, like the Time Lords and often involving Time Lords Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely has certain patterns that we are going to explore further. So Pete, do do you want to issue a challenge to the randomizer? I've just challenged it to take us to the very latest episode. Yeah, that's true. I would say I'm going to challenge it to take us to the very first episode. <laughs> so the very the Big Bang of Doctor Who, yeah, Earthly Child, exactly. Yeah. Come on, randomizer, right. you can do it. It's either one or three hundred. Right. Yeah, yeah. You you're you're staking all your money on one. I'm staking <laughs> it all on three hundred. It's gonna fall somewhere in between. I think that's a, it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> it will be neither of us will be satisfied here. All right, you want to give me a countdown? I'll give you a countdown. It's in four, three. Two, one. Could I have a lemonade? 275. Ooh, we are in New Who, deep into New Who. Yep. We're at the Eaters of Light. Capaldi oh. again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, yes, that, that's my reaction to the Eaters of Light. That's the, that's the, it's the Roman era one, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like this is, you're getting me, like, uh, this late Capaldi. This is right before yeah. the big finale uh, of season oh. uh, ten. I gotta say, I, is... I don't really remember this one. Um, I'm sure it'll come I, to me. Uh, yeah, it's, I remember it's pretty forgettable. Was, yeah, there was the thing with the ice warriors. And then there was a, there was one after that, and I got I guess that was this one, <laughs> right? There was the one that's set on Mars, and then yeah. there's this one. Yeah. Uh, okay. This, this is cool. what happens, folks, with the randomizer. It just sort of throws us anywhere, and you know where. Whereas we would have chosen to go to 276, right? Right. You know, the Doctor Falls, uh, the which has come uh, up a lot, <laughs> mostly yeah. because I like to talk about Cybermen and how. Their yeah. their fundamentals have changed over the years. Uh, we just somehow been a great Capaldi. one, yeah, a great one for the doc, for the randomized center six. We could have talked about having gone to the tenth planet. We could have talked about Attack of the Cybermen, the whole Telos Mondas thing. Mm-hmm. But no, no, <laughs> the randomizer wants to be random. Wants and, us to dine uh, on some light. Let's yeah, we, we eat some light. I think you know what it is. The randomizer heard me talking about my my concern that it was burning through really good episodes too fast. Uh, ah. Really good stories. <laughs> we did that whole mini episode on it. The randomizer's like, right, okay, you want some filler? <laughs> Let's hit you with some premium filler. You didn't know you were but, challenging it. You did though. Yeah, I did. Delivering. We well, have guys, to be careful about what we say. Yeah, we do. But we'll say it again and keep saying it uh, next mm-hmm. week when we come back and to talk about the Eaters of Light. Guys, this has been Pull to Open. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're a podcast. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do. We are available on all your fine services. You want your Stitcher, you want your a- Amazon Music, your Spotify, your Google Podcasts. We got it all for you. Just go ahead and please subscribe. And while you're there, leave a review. They really do help the podcast reach more ears. The more ears we listen to, the more reviews you get. And the quicker we're going to find someone to get that prize. Trust me, it's going to be awesome. 
Um, oh my god, I can't wait to ask another question about the prize <laughs> in the next episode. Looking forward to that. You should be looking forward to it too. Look forward to it. Look also yeah. also look forward to our posts on TikTok. We're very active on TikTok, posting clips of the show. Uh, feel free to follow us there at Poll to Open, all one word, yeah. or go over to Instagram and Twitter where we are at Poll to Open sixty three. Lots of stuff going on there too. And hey, don't forget we're also yeah. on YouTube. You can watch us as you listen to us. If you desire, we're on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, just search for Pull to Open and Doctor Who and you will find us. I feel safe to say we are going to own Terminus TikTok. <laughs> Terminus TikTok, look out. Terminus TikTok, that's, it's us. We own it. We Forget own it. it. We own it Don't until it explodes, causing another chain <laughs> reaction. Okay, I already did that one, but you know what I mean. Guys, Turns out that's fun. how TikTok was created. Yes, <laughs> it has been fun. All right. We'll see you next time for Eaters of Light. Take care. Eat some light. Bye, guys. Bye.